welcome, firstly, to Auctions Plus in conversation. It's great to be here at your lovely property. Yeah, thanks, Ollie. Good to have you here. And um, yeah, it's uh, certainly a good time of the good time in the season to, to be here anyway. It hasn't looked much better for a, for a long period of time now. Can you tell us a little bit about where we are um, yeah, in Australia? Um, <laughs> yeah, right on. Um, yeah, we're, uh, Rosevale is our home, home property here. Uh, and so we're based in southeast Queensland. Our local town is Jandowie, but we're in between the, the main towns of, of Dolby, Chinchilla and Kingaroy. Um, so basically that's where we are. Um, we're, ju we're just off the Darling Downs, the good farming country on the Darling Downs and getting into the, up into the ranges. So, um, you know, fairly undulating and a, and a mix, of, mix of some cropping for forage and, and, and pastures. And in terms of your, your enterprise mix, you've touched on them a little bit there, but yeah, how's that changed and what are you guys running currently and has it always been that way? Yeah, basically it has been that way. Uh, we're, we're running running three and a half to 4,000 head of uh, mainly Seneca Trudis cattle, but the touch of, touch of composite in some of them. Um, yeah, that's pretty much been the focus of our business. Um, mainly that. We do farm um, some country for forage oats um, and a little bit of summer crop. Um, and that all, that all goes towards the cattle as well. And for you guys, your, your family goes back a little while here? Yeah, a little while. Um, we just had our gr first grandchild born and he'll be actually the seventh generation on, on Rosewell uh, running the business. Um, so yeah, the, the, the um, property was established in 1883 and um, the Sanger Stud established in, in the early 1950s. So. Um, yeah, a, a bit of a tradition there, but it's probably the, the past isn't something we like to dwell on. We're thinking about what we have, what we're doing in the future. So, um, um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's that's the thing for for the family. Yeah. And in terms of the history, when we look at the state of Santa breed, was there a reason or yeah, that's a, a defining attribute or, or key area that the breed pushed your, your father or your grandfather into? Yeah, well, it was it was my grandparents originally. Um, and my father was was getting involved in the business at the time. Um, come home pretty much nearly home from school, I guess. But um, he, uh, um, my grandfather had commercial shorthorn cattle, and uh, you know, of course, crossbreeding and wasn't around at that at that point in time, and and all wasn't wasn't a done thing. And um, but the shorthorns were losing a bit of um, probably doing ability and and a bit of ill thrift in them, and. You know, he just saw there was an opportunity in these in these cattle that had come from King Ranch in Texas, and and uh, he tried to he you know he wanted to buy the first King Ranch sale, but bank manager didn't give him enough money. And come the second King Ranch sale, he went there and told the bank manager when he got home, and and that was the start of you know start of the start of the um, breeding with Sangatrudis. The the initial thought wasn't to go into stud cattle, but the first calves were so good that they kept breeding them to purebred and. And um, yeah, and the rest is sort of history, I suppose you'd say. Has there been a few stories of how that conversation went with the bank manager over the years? Oh no, I think he just put it down in memoirs, and we've sort of and he's told, and he told me, you know, told us a few times. But um, you know, it's one of those things that he had a, a feel, feel that feeling that it was going to work, and 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 it, and, it, and it has. Yeah, it's really stood the mm. test of time. Mm. Tell me a little bit about your childhood out here. Other siblings. What was it like? Yeah, yeah, no, it was good. Um, yeah, I got two brothers and and a sister who who passed away a few years ago. But um, uh, yeah, we we pretty much um, 
two of us three boys are involved in in the in the cattle industry the other one doing doing other things um yeah i mean it's typical kids in the bush you know that and and the stuff you know we fall in love with certain things and and you know, we've got we've got three boys of our own now and and they've all got their own you know differences the things they like doing more and other things that they don't and um and um you know but it's just it's a great lifestyle anyway you know you just love to love to be out here in the fresh air and and um and dealing with dealing with animals is a great thing yeah was there any any ever doubt that you were going to come back onto the farm um not for myself um i actually did go to university and worked outside of home for a little bit but um yeah, I always had a always had a passion for breeding cattle, and 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 luckily I um, was given the opportunity young in life to, to to learn a fair bit and actually make some decisions. And you know, I thank I thank you know my my parents, and my grandparents for that. And uh, uh, you know, as a result, I got I got heavily involved and and of and of you know learned along the way. And you know, I'll get up in the morning and pretty much think cattle. So you know, as much as I probably could do something else, I don't really want to. Yeah. No, that's fair. Mm. Tell me, um, when, when you came into the stud, was there something, was there an area which you really saw an opportunity that you wanted to grab by the horns and, and run with, or was it more finding your feet into the business? No, well, the business thing probably wasn't my thing. I, I was sort of more, more thinking about the, about the actual cattle themselves. Um, I, um, I saw, um, you know, cattle that came from good environments not necessarily perform any better than, the, than ones that that came from harsher environments genetically and 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 it was probably that 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 pushed me in the way of performance recording um you know i i um we spent a lot of lot of lot of um time eyeballing cattle and making sure they're you know fit and sound and healthy and that sort of thing but but to to find the ones that really really going to make genetic change in in the certain traits um we're measuring our cattle all up against each other and, and there's some that come right up on top um, and are the special ones that we're trying to multiply and, and that's sort of the way we've moved our herd um, to, to finding the ones that actually do the, that perform and, and, um, and multiplying them and, and sort of giving that, you know, the, the gain that we make to, to the commercial industry. And what does that look like in, in practice for you guys? How, what have been some of the, I guess, the hurdles, the frustrations as you've yep. been doing that over the years? Oh, well, it's, it's just meant a little more, um, you know, we, we do a little more measuring, you know, weighing a little more often than we used to. Um, not, not much more. Um, and, and things like, um, you know, semen testing, semen morphology testing, that, that type of stuff we... We're, uh, we've got three days ahead of us this week um, with doing just that on our private sale bulls. Um, and, you know, finding those animals that cover all bases to move on to the next generation with is something that, something that um, you know, it takes a bit of work to, to do it, but, but certainly reap the rewards once you find the ones that, that, fit, what, that fit what you want. And is there an area, you, you mentioned um, you've got three boys, so two are back at home, one's still studying. Uh, what what areas of the business do the boys fit into? Yeah, probably probably um, differently. You know, they're 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 all pretty good with stock, um, and you know, but obviously there's there's um, you know capital sort of investment and 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 fences, yards, all those types of things um, that that have got to be taken care of, and and they've all got differences, you know, in in those areas and. 
and I guess the challenge for us is to is to work together so that we can expand and and um, use everyone's you know strong points to the best of, to the best of their ability. And how was it having the boys come back into the business? That not just coming back for a few weeks during holidays or whatever, but fitting back into the mould of the everyday. Yeah, well, it, it's good. Um, you know, I, I enjoy it. I, I can't really see the point in doing it otherwise. You yeah. know, um, you know, you get to a point in time in your life where, where, um, where you know, you just want to see it. You, you want to see things go on, and and, and I guess got to be mindful of the fact that you know I changed things when I came home. So we, we, we sh you know, we should be, should be embracing the fact if the boys want to do something, things a bit differently, we, we should be should go with them. Um, so, so that's probably going to be challenging um, for, for myself, um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's just something that's, that's exciting. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. And tell me, that being a generational business with such history that you guys have, back to 1883 you said before, so mm. do you feel pressure at times? Like when, when the seasons are, are getting tougher and, and things are, are drier and, and harder, do you think, oh shit. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was diff it was difficult, certainly in that uh, really dry time we had a couple of years ago, and and we're enjoying it. We're enjoying a better time now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've I've never felt any pressure at all. Like you know, this is the stuff I like doing. And and um, but I think um, I think if you have a um, a focus on something you really want to do, then it, you know those sort of hurdles are are just you know they're in the way a little bit. But you can you can you can work around them. Yeah. No, I like that. A bit of life advice there. <laughs> I did write that down, actually. As long as you like doing what you're doing, yeah. you'll um, be able to keep going. On, on the stud front, so can you tell us um, a little bit about the history of the stud? Yep. You mentioned, yeah, came out of, out of the US originally, but yep. how has it evolved? How have the numbers grown over the years? Yeah, well, King Ranch came into Australia with the Santa Gertrudis and, and employed um, all, all um, used used a, a number of people that, that were strongly in the, um, uh, you know, in the, in the Australian industry and sort of came in with a, with a big financial backing so they, they could get a good, good foothold. Like they've, they, they established themselves as a breed when it was difficult to do that because the, the traditional British breeds were pretty, pretty well entrenched in people's minds and, um, and, they, and, and the, their herds. And they, they didn't like, like a lot of the rural industry, don't like change. Um, and King Ranch had the ability to, you know, that, that Mr. Clayberg that, that developed the breed was a really strong personality and knew what he wanted. And, and um, you know, and they, and they funded a lot of things. So the people that, that became interested in the breed, um, King Ranch sort of fostered them and, and mentored them along the way. Um, so that, that, that was a strong foundation, but um, you know, there was huge opportunities for the people that used the breed when they crossed them with their breed, and generally British cattle, but sometimes um, you know, some Brahmins of that later on in the later time, but um, they got such gains genetically you know, and, and bred some good cattle um, that, that you know, the results drove the, the, the expansion of the breed. Um, so. You know, well, I guess that's that's basically it. You know, it was a, a really strong foothold they took, and and um, and the breed expanded as as a result. And for you guys back here, um, off the back of that success, obviously you guys are one of the one of the businesses that have have seen that and continue to see the benefits of that. How, how did you guys start off here? Was the stud was, it, was the view to be smaller players early on? 
Yeah, well, well, originally it was just to be a commercial, you know, to breed commercial cattle, and, and then the first calves are so good. So uh, we, we are holding our 66th annual sale this year, which is the longest running on-property bull sale of any breed in the country. Yeah, well. Um, so the interesting thing about that is the bulls that got sold back in those days um, were sold at Sydney Royal Show and Brisbane Royal Show. So, you know, there wasn't on-property sales, but the first bulls that, that my family had to offer um, were, were crossbred Santa Shorthorn bulls. Mm-hmm. And, and they were yearling bulls. And that, of, you know, being crossbred, they weren't eligible to go to a, to a, raw, to a show to a raw show. And um, so to have the sale, they decided they'd have an on-property sale. Um, and that's how it you know, started with a small number of bulls originally. And, and um, you know, it, it, was, it was pretty successful. And, and so it just, it just went from there. You were mentioning before we jumped on for our chat that you had some pretty fond memories of sale day here over the years. As a young fellow, what were some of those highlights? Well, I, th- I think, you know, sale day is pretty exciting. It's a pretty exciting day. I mean, it, it, there's a big build-up to it. A lot of work goes into it. Um, a lot of people come along. Um, you know, people that start off as clients and generally end up as friends. Um, and and you, you have a lot to do with them. And you have, Of course, you have a lot in common with them. But, um, you know, you, you, you become friends with a lot of them. And, and um, so it's, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, the results are... Getting good results, are, you know, it's good, but you don't always get that, obviously. And you know, they went. I remember going through the times of the beef depression in in the 70s. Um, that was, you know, I was only a baby at that stage, so I didn't I didn't experience it. But looking back on on the results of those sales, I mean, people just wouldn't think it possible that you know the way that the industry has been going in the last 10 years. Um, but but you know, swings and roundabouts, we quite possibly could happen again, and what won't get down to those those same dollar head values, but relative to, you know, inflation and all that type of stuff, um, you know, who knows what yeah. might happen. So what have been some of the, the key learnings for you over your time um, at the helm? Um, yeah, I, when I think I, I'm pretty much focused on, on having animals that will perform for people, you know, like, like we, can, we can have them big and fat and that type of stuff at sale day and be really impressive, but the, but the, the thing that makes people come back year after year after year is is um, if they buy bulls that actually get the job done for them and come and 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 so they feel like they want to come back and get some more um, so probably that's my the, the thing that I take on board as much as anything um, you know and 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 you know and 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 dealing with you know there's obviously with genetic variability there's always going to be some bulls that that um, you know don't do quite as job, good a job as they should, and you know when that when that situation happens, then you know we're happy. To, we, we want to be looking after clients. You know, I mean, if you go to a if you go to Target and buy a toaster and turn it on, it doesn't work. You you want one that works, don't you? So yep. that's sort of the mentality we take, and and um, you know that's probably helped us go as long as we have. You know, and so what, where the business is today, what are your your goals for? Mm-hmm. On both the stud side, but then also kind of yeah, your your commercial business side as well. Yeah, well our we, we, our goals as far as um, you know we've expanded to you know we, we used to be selling maybe fifty bulls and now we're selling four hundred and fifty. We've got we've got a little more per year. We've got a little more land, but um, you know we we're trying to make the the herd as efficient as it possibly can be. So for the number of cows we've got, we've got maximum number of calves, and then and then of course. Um, 
you know, looking at the quality, the, the, the better, better, better the quality, the more, more animals fit the, fit the um, mould of a bull that, you know, does a job for people. So, so that's probably been our focus to improve the herd. Um, you know, another thing that, that really hits with the, the younger generation is sustainability. And, you know, I know it's a word that everyone uses a lot, but, but the point is that, you know, we hope that in two, three generations time, our country's in as good a position condition-wise as it, as it was years and years ago. And, you know, we potentially can, can run big numbers of cattle because our pastures are strong and all that, all those types of things, you know, and and give us the the um, you know durability. Well, that's probably not the word, but a, um, an ability to get through the tough times when seasons aren't so good, uh, yeah. with without degrading the country. And I think looking back at the history too, you guys you've certainly been able to prove that in the past, and and it's continued to build on that. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, and you learn along the way, you know, like a lot of it's about timing and getting getting calves off early and getting cattle sold if we need to, if you need to reduce stocking rates and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, every, every, every dry time or flood or whatever it might be is different from the one, from another one. So you, there's, there's different, different um, you know, things that have to be put in place and management decisions made. But, um, you know, hopefully that, and that's been the good thing about having generations involved because generally they've seen that happen at some point in time yeah. to, to give you advice along the way. Tell me um, the, the shifting dynamic. Has, has there been a shift over the last few years with more young people now starting to step into kind of management roles in their own commercial businesses now that are turning up around your sale time? Yeah, I think there is. Um, you know, certainly, certainly in my generation, less people came back to the to their to their farms, especially in our local area. We we, we don't have um, quite as big a um, um, land parcels as as what you know that the extensive areas have so you know generally there wasn't quite the opportunity for every um, property owner's child to come back onto the land yep. um, especially depending on how big the family was of course um, so you know I think the industry's been in a really healthy state lately financially so so there is that been more opportunity for for the next the latest generation to return to the land and, and we've probably seen that and um, you know I think um, it, it's made it's made it given people the ability to do that just the just the financial reward that we're getting and and the sale of the last couple of years has it looked different to you guys given Dylan went mentioned the word COVID too many times on, on these chats but in yeah. terms of for you guys, how have you guys got on with that over the last couple of years? Yeah, well, we've been probably a bit lucky. I mean, it's been different to what the situation here in the city. I mean, people have been careful about what they've done, but um, generally we've been allowed to have people at the sale. Um, you know, the, the, the little bit of uncertainty probably made people consider the online selling system, and, and we certainly started... Um, Probably a little bit before the COVID thing happened, but but generally generally have focused heavily on it since. Um, and uh, and certainly clients of you know people buying bulls have been especially the el more elderly they've been a bit wary about going going out and um, and so it's it's just opened up a different another form of um, you know sale I suppose you'd say yeah. And how have you guys gone in that transition? Like, what are the what are the things that you're applying, or have you had to change to accommodate for the online piece? 
Yeah, probably probably just getting videos of sables. Um, as far as our sale catalogue and information we give people is pretty much stayed the same and, and that's been available online as well uh, when we've sold through Auctions Plus. Um, the one thing we do do is offer a lot of information, so EBVs on every trait and how the cattle rank in their group for weight-wise and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, I don't think the online thing works that well if there's no information. Mm -hmm. um, I think I think people need a little bit more than just just a, a picture of a bull to um, to make them know whether they're making the right decision when they don't get to see it. Um, so, that's that's been. You know that's backed our probably thought process and, and made us feel like we're doing the right thing as far as that's concerned. And for you guys around getting that information out to people in time, far enough in advance for sales, have you had to change any of your timelines? Well, probably not. The only difficult thing we find is because we um, prepare our bulls on pasture mm -hmm. generally. I mean, when the, when things were really tough there about three or four years, three, four, five years ago. We, we were supplementing at times, yep. but as soon as we could get enough oats crop, we'd get them off that. So, because we know, we know they need to be set up to go out on the pasture, because that's where they all end up. Um, so if we got, you know, a month out from sale and we all of a sudden had oats starting to be ready, we'd, we'd take bulls off feed and put them onto oats, knowing that we're gonna set them up better for when they get out. Um, but um, the only problem we have is because we do um, prepare our bulls on pasture, um, I mean, they, they do well on, on oats, so they, but, they, but they generally clean up later because you haven't had them on grain for a long period of time. Yep. And so they don't look, they don't look fat and sort of, and, and right up there condition-wise and in, as impressive in the videos. So the one thing we have found a little bit difficult is, is getting a video out in time for people to see it, the video's out in time for people to see it, but, but also have the bulls looking in as good a condition to show off what, they're, what they are like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and for you guys, how much of that's the video side of things, are you guys managing that yourselves? Are you bringing other people in to help out with that? Yeah, no, we've, we've had um, Matt Souden coming and doing it for us. Um, so he, he does a, he, does a um, he and his wife do a profession, very professional job of it. Um, it's something that, you know, we could do probably, but, um, you know, we've, we've got 150 bulls. Um, he's got the gear that does a good job with it. And we've been really happy with the, with the, the production that we've had. So, um, we, we've probably been happy to do that and focus on the stuff that we do rather than try to get tied up too much in, um, you yeah. know, everything. Just another thing to, to mm. worry about. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Yeah. It, in terms of... So um, one question we've been asking everyone, and it's interesting getting the different takes, but so in the lead up to sale day for you guys and incorporating online as well as your, your physical sale, yep. what does it look like kind of one to two months out, a week out on sale day? What are the key things that you're thinking about, decisions you're making, info you're sharing um, yep. in the lead yep. up to sale day? Yeah, I guess... Um well, it's sort of pretty much business as usual. Um, the, the fact that we had them on pastures doesn't mean we, we change a lot, you know. We just, we, we have them um, moving around onto as fresh a paddocks as we can, I guess. And um, so, you know, sometimes I don't see the bulls for two or three weeks and it doesn't worry me. I know they'll be all right. You know, there'll be an odd one that'll be lame, but that's just, that's just bulls fighting and that sort of thing. And um, just leave them be and let them do their thing themselves, pretty much. Um, 
you know, we'll try and get ad advertising done and that, and, and um, as, as everyone else would, you know, other people would as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we, we don't put that much emphasis on, on doing anything any different to just the general day-to-day, General day-to-day -day stuff. Let the, let the cattle do what they do um, themselves, and um, and just keep people infor informed of what we've got. Get the catalogue done. You know that's a that's a pretty big job. Um, getting it out there to, to as many people as we can, um, and 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 we do a lot of um, you know I, I encourage people to 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 not just look at the catalogue, but if they've got any questions to ask us, you know, and tell us exactly what what market they're sort of selling into or what they're looking for and, and we can steer them in the right direction with the right animals. So that takes up a bit of, a bit of my time. Um, but, but I'm happy to do that because I want people to get the right article. You know, sometimes you, you sit there in the sale and you, you see a bull knocked down to someone and you think, oh, geez, that bull's not going to do the job that they want. Yep. I, wish, I wish they had have asked me and I would have said, well, these other four or five would have been, you know, probably more suitable or, or whatever, the, whatever the case may be. So. Um, it's it's great seeing the right bulls go to the right people um, because they're all a bit different, you know, and, and people are wanting different things and, the, and there's different genetic sort of makeups in the bulls. Um, so anyway, it's, it's all interesting. Yeah, and then how quickly after the sale happens do you get the bulls off to their new home? Yeah, pretty much straight away. So so we um, they they get on they get on trucks from here and go. Um, like we don't expect them to be out there the day of the sale. Like we plenty of, there's plenty of flexibility there, and depending on when when trucks are going and and, and when people want the bulls. Um, you know, we had a couple of periods there where people were very dry, and some bulls didn't even leave here for four or five months, six months even. Uh, you know, that was a bit odd, but. Um, bit different to, to, to the usual, but, but people were in situations where it wasn't easy and, and um, you know, we appreciate them coming back as clients, so we're happy to, to, to chip in and do our bit when, when, when they needed a hand out. Yeah. Mm. Now tell me, um, where to from here for you guys? You've got two of your boys back home, maybe is a third showing interest in... Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> so we've got the three boys. I mean, obviously, you, you know, like all... Um, businesses on the land you, you're trying to expand to, to keep your economies of scale um, it's a difficult situation at the moment with the way land prices are you know you, you don't want to um, you don't want to go stupid about it but um, you know there's there's certainly going to be opportunities and we'll be looking to looking to find some um, down the track and um, in the meantime just do what we do well and 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 hopefully get rewarded you know financially for it uh, which which gives us the ability to expand from here on in, you know, and then, you know, obviously each of us will want to do a, a, things a bit differently. So there's there's a chance for the for them all to do that. Well, David, thank you so much for sitting down and having us out here for a chat. It's um, it's exciting. Spring stud season's coming, and, and good luck with the sales up up ahead. Yeah, thanks, Ollie. Yeah, the spring so the, the the selling season comes on to us quicker than we think. You oh. know, it just grabs us all of a sudden, and you think, "Geez, I've got to go and do this, this, and this." And um, so, you know, at the moment we're we're busy weaning calves and that sort of thing, and semen testing some bulls um, as we as we're moving forward. But um, yeah, you get to a point in time when you think, "Geez, I better hurry up and do all those things." So <laughs> she she's on. Yeah. Yeah, squeeze in that holiday if you want to, because all of a sudden it's going to be too late. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Good on you. Thanks, right David. On. Cheers. Right, Ollie. Thank you very much.